What's up? And you're listening to the Eat, Lift, Lose show. And it's episode 73, and you're tuned in to myself, Chris, and you've got on the other side, DJ. DJ Brad. DJ Brad is standing up, so he's using a standing desk, thinking, oh, you know, I'm a DJ, got my headphones yeah, on. I do feel got like a fake DJ. mixing deck. Well, the thing is, what's what's quite funny is underneath my my laptop is an amp and some massive speakers. So just like, flash, 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 yeah, mix it up. Well, maybe you can DJ on the 30th October, mate. Yeah. Did I did a bit of DJing before. Look, going on Spotify and saying next track doesn't count as DJing. Shuffle is not being a DJ. So yeah. Even even shuffle isn't a DJ. It, so sliding the bar on the fade in fade out doesn't count as DJing, no. Nah, not quite, mate. In my defence, right? In my defence, if you can get the crowd moving, then you technically make sure you're a good DJ because you know what the crowd wants. Yeah, I think Spotify might have held you out on that one though. Shout out to Spotify. Anyway, we're not here to talk about our bad DJing days, are we? Really. Uh, no, we're definitely not. No. Uh, it's going to be part four of the Making Weight Loss mini, Making Weight Loss Happen mini series. So if you haven't tuned into the first three, probably go back and do that first before you tune into this part. Um, and the main thing we're talking about today is environment. Environment, yeah. Um, in our head and our environment that surrounds us. Exactly. So multifaceted. Um, that's going to be the main topic. I'm sure we can rant on about that and go into a few different things about it. Uh, and then we're going to go through what bangs our dumbbells, which I have no idea what website Brad has sent me. But I've just clicked on it and not looked at it yet. And it's something that's banged his dumbbells this week. And it probably will bang mine after reading it. Oh, mate, it definitely will. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. And then we've got random question of the week at the very end. We're going to ask each other one random question and see what the answer is and see what we'll get hit with yeah um so when we do look at bang the dumbbells obviously chris is just going to open it live read it well live read it live record it and yeah so you get a first-hand response but something to look forward to you can just skip forward and listen to that i would recommend that because this bit probably be like (laughs) don't do that again please I'm so glad this is just audio, not video. <laughs> oh god! Uh, yeah, he's just making very sexual hand gestures now towards oh, his mouth. I was yawning. And then the second time? Uh, um, I don't know. Yep, you can't can't confirm that one, can you? Putting some salt on my chips. <laughs> that was a lot of salt. Uh, anyway, how's the world, Mr. Brad? Um, or DJ yeah. Brad, should I say? DJ Brad, yeah, good. Um, a good night's sleep. What? I say a good night's sleep. I, um, if I was to put my head on the pillow, I would knock out. But it's still, I still probably had a good, solid six and a half, seven hours sleep. Which, yeah, I'm slowly like normally that would be about five hours sleep. Um, so yeah, getting some good sleep at the minute. So full of energy, ready to rock and roll. And um, happy days. I've been busy though. Like I feel like the week has only just begun. And we're coming up to the weekend already. I'm whoa. Well, are you ready for the weekend? I'm ready to work on my own on the weekend again. Well, you had the option of joining me. Mate, That's what, what, I'm gonna say. what was the discussion we were having yesterday about 
how many, how, when was the last time <laughs> you worked four weeks in a row? <laughs> Hold on, just for clarification, this is just purely about Saturdays, not in general. <laughs> uh, the last time I did four Saturdays in a row was July. And what are we now, mate? Beginning of October? Yeah. But in my defence, again, it was three Saturdays on, one Saturday off, three Saturdays on, one Saturday off. But the last two months, maybe. When was the last time I had a Saturday off? Don't know. You tell me. Wasn't it like um, back in April? Maybe. Maybe not. Who knows? I think I've only ever had one Saturday off. Uh, No, I think you had one more recently. Mm, I'm pretty sure. No. Oh, no, it was a Tuesday or a Thursday off. It was a Tuesday. Oh, the Tuesday, yeah. Well, That was like a bit of a rebellion, though, against you. A rebellion against me. (laughs) You take whatever you want off. I'm going to take whatever I want off. Done. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, enough about um, uh, internal HR issues. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Should we get into what we're chatting about today? Yeah. So, making weight loss happen part four. And today we're going to be chatting about managing environments. So, essentially putting yourself in a better position to make better changes which then make better habits and then essentially get the results that we're looking for right and everyone's a winner everyone's a winner so we'll start off with essentially the first place to think about is what's going on in our noggins so what's going on in your head because there can be a lot of stuff so many so much stuff that goes on in our head and it can really make habits like changing habits hard yeah so for the first um for the first thing is can be emotional triggers um and this could be like for example like when you go to a supermarket some emotional triggers can be avoided however and I'm talking like, for example, going down the chocolate aisle. Like you can avoid that by just not going down the aisle. However, if you think about it, yeah, a lot of people, like I think we've talked about it before, autopilot go in, zigzag down every single aisle mm. because that's what they used to. And that, and that's why it's actually important to write a shopping list. Oh yeah, totally. We could do a whole episode on that. Yeah, because you've already set your mind on what you're going to buy. Like I did, I've started doing it, and then the stuff that I'm usually buy that's like not, I don't necessarily need, but I want it. I just don't buy anymore. But yeah. essentially, the emotional triggers are the ones that go on ahead, like our mood, and when we're feeling fed up, and very similar emotions, they can be very, very difficult to avoid. And you can't just turn a different aisle. Like when you yeah. turn that aisle, they're following you. So it's about understanding what is going on. And like I know it's a bit cliche, but starting to think a bit more positively um, and just being aware that what is going on through our head, through our heads. Yeah, that makes sense. I think... Being aware of kind of your own thoughts is quite big Mm. Um, because if you're not aware, then you can end up easily doing stuff which, without making it sound obvious, you're just not aware of what you're doing. 
Like it's just on autopilot, um, or you're just automatically reacting to a situation without even thinking about it. Um, and that goes for like anything, right? Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. none of us, neither of us are sitting here saying we don't automatically react to certain situations without thinking. No, it does. Not. It does take effort. It does take a lot of time and practice, and uh, it, it can be hard work to try and think about something before you react to it. Um, yeah, and we can even, you know, add it onto the part of the way we feel when we start taking on new habits. Yeah. Um, you know, like for example, eating when when we're dieting, we need to think about putting ourselves into into a calorie deficit to lose weight right now it's not a very nice feeling when you know mentally you've not eaten as much so to, to undo that we eat more right sounds simple and straightforward but i mean it makes sense yeah and that can cause us you know start to that can cause a lot of different feelings like worrying stressing and, you know, one thing leads to the next and you've got yourself all worked up. And so it's really important that you do pay attention to what is going on in your head. Um, and try not to, like, let our feelings take control of, you know, what's going on. You know, trying to have control of those feelings rather than control the feelings having control of you. Um, and it can even be simple as simple things as like just saying to yourself, no, don't need to eat cake today. No to the cake. No to the cake. Um, I think that's where having a coach really helps. Um, or if it isn't a coach, someone you can speak to about what's going on. Mm -hmm. Like if it comes down to, uh, you not knowing how to handle certain situations or you're feeling certain ways, about things and you're not really taking control of what your actions are doing. Um, having someone talk that through with you can massively be helpful. And it's something that we'd always try and do in sessions, out of sessions with like our clients and our bootcamp members. And it just becomes massively useful for them to kind of talk that through with you. And even if it's not, I was trying to provide them a solution because most of the time we're not, yeah. it's just, it always feels better to talk that through with someone. Um, 100%. Whether that is asking for a little bit of support or advice, or if it is just trying to talk it through and then coming up with your own solution, advice, or maybe you don't even need it. It just helps to talk that through. Yeah, 100%. Um, and like just to uh, elaborate on that, like sometimes even if it's not something that's solely related to what you're trying to focus on, if that makes sense. So, yeah. like, a client of ours messaged us, messaged me today because she's got, uh, you know, she's getting ready for her wedding and she hasn't, she's been so stressed, hasn't been able to attend. But she just reached out and was like, look, I'm not really finding it hard to come to sessions. But that's, you know, just reaching out and speaking to someone, it does make things a lot easier or just a bit more controllable. Yeah, and you feel more control of your situation, a bit more control of your actions, and rather than having your thoughts um, or your feelings control whatever you're doing um, and potentially hampering whatever progress or goals you've got your eyes on, right? 
Yeah, exactly. Um, but a lot of like the things that I've that we've spoken about um, also can be controlled through things um, like planning and setting goals. Like when you're putting in situations where you are filled with worry and you know your beliefs around foods and anything you think about, like having a plan just allows you to take control. A little bit more as well because you know why you're doing it yeah having that plan is almost like a, a safety mechanism or failure is safety a failure mechanism right mm-hmm. so like you've got a plan if things don't go to the plan okay you've got a backup you know you could do xyz instead um if you take it really into like a practical nutrition example you might be someone who's tracking their cal- your calories across the week <laughs> And then it gets to the weekend, you're like, shit, I've got a few different things going on this weekend. I can't track my calories. If you don't have a backup plan for that, you're like, now what do I do? You might just end up going, right, sack it all in, undo all your progress from Monday to Friday and end up back at square one. Or if you've got a backup plan, you might go, right, I know I can't track my calories this weekend, but I don't need breakfast on Saturday or Sunday because I'm going out for social dinners and really simple example i can opt for a lighter lunch and it's going to create a little bit of buffer to have some social time on friday night i'm yeah. oh, sorry saturday night or sunday night whatever it is like having that backup plan is then going to take away you having to think about what you're doing when the first plan doesn't go right exactly and eventually that backup plan just becomes something that's in your subconscious and it can be it can really make the difference like just as what Chris was saying, if you don't have that backup plan, eventually it just goes, oh, fuck it. It becomes the fuck it, fuck it all effect. You know? The fuck it plan. Yeah, the fuck <laughs> it plan. We just go like, oh, do you know what? It'd be fine. This one day it'd be fine. Well, it's not fucking fine, is it? Because you've just gone back to a very old habit and you're in a position where you're closer to that old habit than you are that new habit if you look in it on a spectrum and it takes, it will take a lot less effort to fall back onto that old habit than it will to make that step forward and moving on to that new habit. So it's really important that we do um, keep in kind of the front of our mind that, um, that plan. And I guess we can move on to um, what we can chat all day long about emotional and triggers in our head. Um, But without boring too many people, let's move into <clears throat> our physical triggers, essentially, right? So triggers in our actual environment. And this is normally around our eating and exercise habits. So like for example, we've got physical triggers. So Chris, for your first initial thoughts, what would, uh, what would you say physical triggers are? Give an examples. Um, so I'm not sure where you were intending to go with it, but for me, a physical trigger. So if you think about your day to day, a physical trigger for me would be, uh, potentially kind of going, right. I know I need to get to this place. Um, I like, I don't know, you need to get to workshops. And a physical trigger for me would be I could either decide to walk there or 
I could take the car. Yep. Um, and for a lot of people, without even thinking, they go, right, I take the car. Because it's convenient and it's easy. Uh, whereas if you think about it, you go, right, I could take the car. It's a five-minute drive. Or I could walk, and it's a 20-minute walk. But which one's going to benefit me more, and which one's going to be better for my goals? Probably yeah. go for the walk. 100%. Um, one of the examples that I wanted to run through would be just something that's going to trigger some uh, old habits. Like, for example, um, if you're someone that has a, I don't know, let's say a very particular biscuit tin, right? If you walk past that, you're just going to associate that with biscuits. Whereas everyone's got a chocolate drawer at home as well. Exactly. So if you <laughs> if you change that environment, so if you change the biscuit tin or put it in a new place, like you that trigger will be dampened. You're not it's not gonna be like thriving when you walk you're not gonna walk past and go, Fuck biscuits Like <laughs> Is that what you do around the kitchen? <laughs> yeah, start smashing the cupboard. Where's the fucking biscuit tin? <laughs> where's my biscuits gone um yeah yeah so you're talking about like physical triggers from a nutrition perspective yeah and even um from the point of like when you go shopping like going back to the shopping point of view again um like supermarkets cause us uncontrollable triggers anyway because they place foods in areas where we can't, where we, it takes a lot of effort to avoid them. Like eyeline foods, for example. Yeah. All the tasty stuff is usually uh, at a till. Mm. I know they've done a lot of work to change that. Um, I don't know what the current situation is, but I know there's a lot of work to change that. But you're still going to get, in a lot of places, your chocolate bars and your easy to pick up impulse purchases at tills, which, if we're completely honest, are not going to be the most useful for most people's goals if they're eating it all the time no and all they and what that kind of comes under is just mindless shopping and mindless eating and they can just top up the unhealthy habits and behaviors that we've got yeah i think like the food environment and your physical food environment for me is that probably one of the most fascinating things like you can tell a lot from a person by opening their fridge and their cupboards um and that's not a judgmental thing it's like okay you can tell the kind of food that they typically eat so for example if you go into someone's fridge and you see quite a bit of fresh fruit in there you see like some yogurts some lean meats vegetables uh maybe like i don't know a few nicer treats maybe like a couple chocolate bars you can go okay they're probably eating a fairly balanced healthy diet Whereas if you go into someone else's fridge and you see, I don't know, loads of ready meals and pre-made stuff. And again, I've got nothing wrong with that. A lot of ready meals are massively useful for people because they're super quick, convenient, easy, and you can get really low calorie ones. But you can tell a lot from someone's fridge if they've got that sort of thing and they've got, it's just laden with cakes and chocolates and God knows what else. Which one do you think is going to be the person that managed to succeeds on a diet if they're trying to lose weight the one with some fresh fruit mate definitely the first one 
Uh, it doesn't take a rocket science to figure that one out. No, um, what you eat is going to be a product of what is in your kitchen. Yeah. It's as simple as that. And if you don't have it in your kitchen, you can't eat it. You can order it in. It's going to be a bit harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's going to be what's in your kitchen cupboards and in your fridge but or your freezer. Like just going on to what you're saying, there, a lot of people, you know, this is where a lot of people do go wrong. So they take that idea and they go, right, well, my fridge is in current position, which is cakes, you know, maybe five week old apples that they've just forgot about, a couple of dried oranges. <laughs> Bottom of the fridge. I'm just describing my fridge here. Um, and yeah, and cakes and whatnot. Yeah, like some ready-made lords and whatnot. Now, what they what they do is they literally just basically tip the fridge upside down, empty it all out, stand it back up, and go right now. Let's fill it up with everything that it's not, that it wasn't. Kale. Yeah, kale, squeaky helmet kale, uh, some spinach, uh, fruits and vegetables. And the trouble you've got with that is that you know they're just not used to it you know and this is where habits come into play because you need to slowly start changing those habits and eventually that fresh fridge is the end goal but it shouldn't be your first goal like your first goal should be like oh like maybe I can start just changing the yogurts I've got. You know, I've got some very chocolatey, heavy yogurts in there. Maybe I can just swap them out for some less chocolate ones. And then, you know, maybe I can just top the fridge up with some fruit. I don't have to eliminate things. So just top it up. So you're just going to slowly start, you know, it's that whole um, subliminal Snowball messaging. effect. Yeah, but the subliminal messaging of your own self of just looking at that fruit and going, I know I should eat that. No shit. And before you know it, bam, you be there. Um, yeah, without so that's kind of where we where we're going with that. And then even more so is and this is can be quite hard, and I think this is probably especially around this time of the year where a lot of people are starting to book Christmas parties, um, going out for drinks. It's just the social pressure. Yeah. <sighs> Big that's time. A massive trigger in our environment. Like me and Chris are massive. Like we do this all the time. We're massive. <laughs> we're massive. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we're like this. We do this a lot ourselves, right? Um, you know, we could be somewhere, and just because the way we are, we'll see something and we go, "Oh fuck it, let's just buy it." But like, I can say to Chris, "Oh come on, Chris, let's buy this." He'll go, oh, "All right then." Or vice versa. And it's just that, but just probably in a bigger scale and involving a lot more heavy calories and a bit more drink, right? Yeah. And I'm probably not guilty of social pressure. wouldn't say that. Because I think it's not even pressure, actually. But I'm the kind of person who, if I go out for a couple of drinks, I can easily be swayed out to end up staying out all night long. Uh, we've been in scenarios like that before in the yeah. past. I don't know if we have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where it's going to be a quiet, like a quiet drink or two, and before you know it, it's three o'clock in the morning and you're stumbling home. Um, and it's just about kind of managing those situations and managing social pressure, because ultimately, your goals are your goals, and if they are important to you, which if you have like, I don't know, a weight loss goal or a goal to get fitter and healthier. 
if they are important to you, they should be relatively important to the people that are important to you as well. Well, that, um, that is it. Like, you know, what, what you just, why you just mentioned it is like, once you're, if you're someone like, you know, your friends, you meet up with your friends regularly in the, in the pub and something, and you go, oh, I'm looking to lose weight. Like, then your friends may feel like they, they have to change as well, and they don't want to change. Yeah, and they, can... they weirdly feel the social the other side of the social pressure. Yeah, and that's very unsettling for both sides of the party. And then you've got, like, I don't know, we as humans feel like we have to maintain this status. And I don't even know what this status is, but do you know what I mean? And, like, it just seems that when we try to change that status... It just, we kind of go, like, people just tend to try and break it, if that makes sense. Like, break it and go back into that old habit. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think what you're trying to say is, let's say I'm going out for a few drinks. I normally go out for a few drinks. It's sometimes hard to say no to that social pressure. Yeah, and it's, and it's like social... a lot easier to revert into your old ways because that's what you've known and it's easier to do that and kind of not tie yourself into being that person. Yeah. But you was that person in the past, so it's easy to go back to being that person and well, because the... you identify with that. Yeah, and also it's the norm. Yeah. And that's another thing, like we changing changes on four five six points i've had one screw it let's go back yeah and it's you know it can be very very hard um especially if you are doing something that someone else wants to do because if they if they can't do it they will sabotage it and you've also got the sense of like this is going into a bit of sociology sort of side of things but when, like, for example, I've been in a situation where I've been dieting before and with my mates and we might be out and I'm like, oh, no, I'm not drinking. I go, oh, come on, what are you, like a pussy or something? I'm just like, oh, fuck off. But, like, we can bounce <laughs> around. But there's a lot of people out there that literally will either avoid social situations because of that or will just give up. Yeah. And it's just literally standing up for, your, for yourself and going... I'm doing. I'm just gonna have this. Like, doesn't mean we can't. We can't not enjoy ourselves. Like, exactly. You know I mean? You're gonna go right. I'm gonna have two glasses per seco tonight. I'm not gonna go for two bottles. I can still enjoy myself. Mm. And it's also a case of like, depending how close you are with friends, is sitting down and saying, look, this really means a lot to me. Um, this yeah. is what I need to do. Like, uh, I don't like to be put self and make people put themselves in situations but sometimes it could be a case of you either you either take me on as I am or you fucking do one yeah I think that's a very difficult conversation to have of course um it's super hard especially for someone close to you and the thing is um, once you have that conversation, but it's super important yeah but also you know that whole situation of if you don't like it see you later you, no one else is going to agree with you apart from yourself yeah and it's... that's what makes it hard and it's not necessarily an ultimatum. Like, no. <laughs> we don't want people to be dumping people because 
<laughs> their partner's not agreeing with them to losing a bit of weight or trying to get healthy or whatever. It's not you, it's, it's me. I need to lose weight. <laughs> we can't do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, we can't do this anymore. I'm going to whether it's friends, whether it's family, whether it's partners, whatever it is, if your goal is really important to you and that person as well is important to you, they should respect that that is your goal and support you in getting there. Yeah. Um rather than kind of taking a piss, sabotaging what you're doing. Um And having that first look, but I mean, if you've got people on board around you, it's going to make it so much easier. It honestly is. 100%. Um, yeah, I've, that's kind of what I wanted to go over. Um, I think in summary, some people succeed. <laughs> Good luck summarizing that, mate. <laughs> some people succeed in dieting. Some people don't. And those people that do find things that work for them. Yeah. And the people that don't just don't find the approaches that you know suits them and, and and I get it and those people are the people that go, Oh, well it's gotta be down to this then, right? But if you are that person, take on board what we've said in this episode and the last couple of episodes before and just try to play around with um a few of the ideas that we've put across and eventually that you can you will find that you get the results that you're looking for yeah it totally will make your life easier if you've got someone to guide you through it um you can do it by yourself if you're struggling reach out ask us a question we're more than happy to answer um see how we can like help even if it's just answering a few of your questions and what you've tried before and what maybe you haven't thought about trying before we're more than happy to kind of chat that through with you. So, yeah, you know where to find us. You know where we are. Find us in a coffee shop in Wonstead. Fine. Yeah, more than likely. Just, just um, ask, ask every coffee shop. Do you know if Brad and Chris are in it? No, not today. No, that's only on a Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, should we move on to what bangs our dumbbells? Yes, I'm looking forward to this bit. So, so I haven't actually looked at this. I looked at it like very quickly. But looking at it now, I'm like, what the fuck is this? So you pop it open, mate. You have a look and I'll read I'll read alongside you. So the website is called skinnyclinic.co.uk. The celeb's best kept secret, the skinny pen. Now, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say this straight off the bat. If anyone says there's a best kept secret, it's not a best kept secret. It's just a money-making scheme. Whether that's to do with weight loss, whether that's to do with money-making, whether that's to do with the best kept secret to running faster, whatever the fuck it's to do with, it's a lie and they're just stealing your money. <laughs> I think that's enough. I don't even need to look at the rest of the website. I've read the first line. I'm done. Gets better, mate. Oh, here we go. Skinny pen. The skinny pen... Might I just it's add a brand new revolutionary weight loss aid? Okay, this sounds like something a heroin addict has created. <laughs> You're probably not wrong. So just You're injecting yourself with a daily jab from this pen, which kicks the hunger, burns calories, and makes you feel fuller faster. Right. Skinny clinic results. Hello, let's How have a look works. at this, shall we? Yeah. How it works. Oh, do you know what? This what bang this this just read through now. 
I'm just hovered over the how it works bit. And first of all, like I'm no hormone expert, right? But this is how peer, this how companies like this woo the innocent over because it goes it mimics the GLP-1 hormone. What the fuck is that to any Tom, Dick, and Harry? Or Brad and Chris? <laughs> yeah, like I. Oh, fuck. How me. how much does this um, pen last for? It's two hundred and fifty quid. Oh, thankfully though, tax is included. So I'm what well, I'm on the how it works page. Normal hormones in the body, such as GLP one. Normal, so don't fucking add, don't change them. Um, unless you've got like a health issue. When these are released, you start to feel full. Oh, okay, hence your appetite is reduced. Okay, so that's ghrelin. Right. Oh dear me! I think I'm right. I think I'm going to shoot myself now. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I can't. Maybe have I said the right word? I don't know. I'll look it up. Oh, don't panic though. There is a 10% discount code. It's called Skinny10. Add that to your basket. Well, 10% you off, guys. So, anyway, hence your appetite is reduced. The skinny pen helps to regulate these hormones in such a way that you f- feel full all the time and therefore have a draft. Uh, I'm just going to throw this out there, right? You know we have hormones that do that anyway, <laughs> like hormones that control your um, hunger and keep you full are basic like a seesaw. When one goes up, the other comes down, one goes down, the other comes up. Fuck me, you don't need a pen for it. The skinny <laughs> pen also delays oh, the time. Oh, go on. Alright, so just going through what they claim as their skinny clinic results which is basically their Instagram feed. There's one post on there from someone who said, I started my pen on Monday and I've lost 5.5 pounds already. I'm so excited, but I do feel sick today and yesterday. Will that pass? I was fine on Monday. <laughs> I'm not even being funny, but it's your own page. It's meant to be like positive things, not, oh, I feel sick from taking this pen. Will it pass? I was fine on Monday. Yeah, you're probably fine on Monday because you only started using it on Monday. Um, it, oh, man. I think so, I just need to close this now before I get too wild up. How, and... Okay, so I can see how they can kind of approach this. These leads to massively reduced calorie intake. So basically what causes you to lose weight is the fact that you reduce your calories because you don't feel as full. Like, you can do that without paying 250 quid. You can pay me 25 quids and I'll give you something to inject and tell you to produce your calories. Yeah, I'd love to know uh, the research behind this. There isn't any. Well, there uh, really isn't. The medication, I'd love to know who the owner is. The medication is. helps to stabilise your blood sugar levels to prevent any shaking, dizziness or food cravings. What? I didn't know uh, sugar levels makes me shake and makes me come dizzy. What's your email address then again, Brad? F- fuck off, mate. I already know. <laughs> I'm, you're, not signing, you're not signing me up to this. Well, they've I got a contact us page, so they clearly want someone to contact them. <laughs> fuck me. Oh, God. Oh. It is. Look, we, we, we laugh at this, right? But there's clearly someone out there who's bought it. And there's clearly someone who's gone, right... I've got enough of a pain point with what I, with how I feel right now. I'll throw 250 quids. I've tried this X, Y, and Z before. Let's give this a go. It might work. It, they seem 
to say works. So if you're that much, if you're having that much of a struggle and challenge. But anything, like I said at the very start, I've seen a website for two seconds, the celeb's best kept secret. If anything claims the best secret, it's bullshit. If you need to buy something constantly, it's probably bullshit. And if you need to inject yourself with something, it's definitely bullshit. I just want to add here, right? So I was right. So the hormone that increases your appetite is definitely called ghrelin. And basically, indirectly, what they're saying is they're just going to inject you with a load of leptin, which surely must not be healthy. But I don't think it. But it probably wouldn't even be leptin. It just. What's the what's what's the ingredients? I don't know what the ingredients is. Who knows? Like that's. Uh, you just have to buy one. Look, I think you should test it out for a month. See how it goes. They don't even say how long it will last. How does how to use the pen? Is it suitable for anyone? What are the side effects? Can I can I see some? Have can I have more than one pen? Oh, there you go. One hundred and fifty pounds for every other pen. Yeah, but how long does one pen last? It doesn't really say. Anyway. Oh, so you, yes. Oh, okay. So I think you just keep on using it until it runs out, basically. Yeah, but how? how when's it going to run out? Does it last for a week, a month, six months? Who knows? Mm, I don't know, mate. Then we've got a food blog. Oh yeah, let's go and yeah, definitely get some food advice from oh, them, shall we? That's a really shit, man. Thing is, there's such minimal information that someone just goes, ah, yeah, I'll buy that. Well, that's the thing. Uh, the 250 quid is a lot of money. Contact. But someone is probably someone probably has bought it out there. Um. Oh, the worst thing is, it's all powered by Shopify. It's probably some pedo in this fucking cellar. In his cellar. It's based in Sheffield, so, you know. Yeah, definitely then. <laughs> Good luck. Um, anyway. Let's wrap that up, because that's just a load of rubbish um, right. that yeah, so. you should definitely avoid at all costs. Yeah. Right. Swiftly moving on to what bangs your... Uh, Random question of the week. See that bang that that article, whatever you call it, has really thrown me off. It's not even an article, it's a website selling us shitty products. That's my point, mate. Oh, could you imagine? Right. Random question. I'm gonna go first. Yep, you go first. You ready? I'm ready as I'll be. As I ever be. Okay. So if you could only speak one word for the rest of today, what would it be? One word for the rest of the day. Yeah, obviously after this podcast. Fuck. So you could only say one word for the rest of the day and you'd choose fuck. Yeah, just because it'd be brilliant. You'd get some <laughs> great people just looking at you. What would you like, sir? Fuck! <laughs> wow. Do you want any fries with that? Fuck! Brilliant. <laughs> I don't know what to answer that <laughs> yeah, I don't think you should I don't just, think I can there you go What's your, what would yours be uh, if I had one word to use for the rest of the day no no <laughs> I'd go with no Chris do you want dinner 
No. <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, shit. I can't say anything else. No. Um, no. <laughs> no. It'll probably be no just so I can deny everyone and anyone of anything. Chris, go, go to the shop. Do you want anything? No. <laughs> really, I want a packet of Harry Bros. <laughs> Uh, that's what I yeah I choose no I wouldn't choose yes because I don't like the idea of saying yes to everything get yourself into some trouble there you could do um, it could also be very fun at the same time yeah. but dangerous um, okay good question so my question for you is what is something you miss from your childhood something I miss from my childhood wow that's a very thought provoking question isn't it what are you sending me, mate? You're sending me some pictures here. So we're on <laughs> Skype and you're sending me no. screenshots. <laughs> Definitely not sending you nudes, no. Anyway, <laughs> back to the question. What do you miss? What was what one thing that you missed from childhood? Um, I think the one aspect of school that, like, don't get me wrong, I did quite enjoy school. I was quite a geek. But one aspect of school as well that I did enjoy was you literally just went to school five times a week and spent time with your friends. Mm. And I guess that aspect, because it then opens up so much more uh, for you, whether that's playing football with them or whatever it is at school or whatever you're doing at school, uh, it's probably one thing that I'd miss Mm. because you don't, well... Probably see them once every five weeks now, not five times a week, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I'd probably say that. Okay, quite interesting. How about yourself? Well, like childhood is like childhood, not teenage, right? Um, I would have said childhood is like up to the age of sixteen. Okay, all right, fair enough. In this context. Yeah. So for me, 18? like I hated school. Like I hated it. I, yeah. I hated every minute of it. And I think it's just because I had quite a bad experience with school. Um, so, like, for me, I think one thing I missed, though, was just, like, having to just go and, whenever I could, just hang out with my mates. And, like, out, like, not that weren't in school. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, hanging out with my mates on the weekends. Like, for example, me and my best mates when we were growing up, we would jump on our bikes and spend from the hours of like nine o'clock in the morning until like 12 in the evening, you know, pretty much the next day, just riding around and getting lost somewhere. And, you know, and we weren't like reckless on our bikes. Throwing conkers at each other. All the time. We weren't reckless all the time. Like we used to, <laughs> we used to ride along the canal into London and then find somewhere and like stop grab some lunch, ride around, and yeah, so it's stuff like that, or just going up places, and that's what I kind of miss, um, yeah, just that kind of chilling out, friend side of things, um, because most of the stuff that I did as a kid, I still do now, like, I'm still pretty much a kid anyway, so it's just... I, I can vouch for that. Exactly, so yeah, I think that that's, that's it for me. Fair enough. Um, yeah, fair enough. There you go. Does take me to a flashback of when we were riding two, uh, I was going to say Boris bikes, Tower they're Santander Hill. bikes now. Yeah. From Tower, from, where was it? From Bethnal Green to London Tower. Bridge. Yeah, Tower Hill. Yeah, that definitely made me almost shit myself. 
Mate, I've never seen you move so slow in your life. <laughs> Look, I'm not made to be cycling on London streets. I don't right? think Chris even said a word. He just, he just followed. I said, shit, am I going to get hit? And fuck. That's probably the only phrases and words that I said. <laughs> yeah, it was, there's there's Chris like riding along. I'm just so casual about riding. I think at one point I was riding along, focusing on my phone in a busy fucking road across the bridge. I was like, well, this is going to end well, wouldn't it? <laughs> yep, sure. That's just a recipe for disaster. Anyway, so enough about our Boris antics. Exactly. Let's wrap this up there. So if you enjoyed the episode... You know what to do by now. Go and leave us a review on wherever you get your podcast from or share it with a friend. And if you want to chat to us about absolutely anything, whether it's something we've talked about in the episode or whether it's a question you've got for us or even a future topic, just hit us up and we're Eat Lefloos on Facebook and Instagram. There you go. If you don't like the podcast, well, don't care. Do one. Go find another one. Simple as that. And that's the end of the podcast, guys. Until next week, see you later. Bye-bye.